0: My miles away. So, thank you. So good to see you today. God bless you. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to be home. I feel at home at uh, at Bethel Christian Center. In fact, I've been here quite a few times in the past. In fact, believe it or not, the first time I ever preached at Bethel, I was still a teenager. So you know, that's been a while back. And uh, probably uh, nobody was uh, nobody who's here today was actually here except pastor don and, and carol and neil hadn't even been thought about at the time that's been a while back but uh, my dad and, and pastor zeb holder were great friends for many many years almost as long as i can remember and so my dad would come and uh, and preach uh back then it was bethel prayer bethel chapel yeah down near the airport And actually before then Out on uh, Wake Forest Highway, he pastored the church out there. And uh, so we go way back. We go way, way back. And uh, so I feel at home. I was was ordained uh, at Bethel many, many years ago, right? Many years ago. When I say many years, that makes me feel old. And of course, obviously, uh, we're not old, right? My granddaddy used to say, I'm not old. I've just been here for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) And there is a difference. There is a difference but uh, i was uh, this morning i was uh, my mind went back to many many years ago uh, in my memory uh, a prayer that i prayed that uh, i realized later that god had answered that prayer for me in a in a really wonderful way uh, i had been uh, i'd been traveling in those days and uh, god opened up many doors across this country and in very parts various parts of the world and he just sovereignly did it. There was no, no, no explanation for that. Uh, but I told God if he would open any doors, I would, uh, I would go and uh, walk into those doors. I want to make this really short, but uh, Pastor Don and I are, uh, have fond memories of Pastor B.E. Barber, a precious man of God, humble man of God in Fayetteville. And uh, he asked me to come down and preach a weekend revival and uh, so I was good to go I had three or four sermons cause I, so I was good to go and something happened that week uh, that we didn't really expect I knew that God would be there and God would do some wonderful things but um, God just poured out his spirit a particular way and, and people started coming to the Lord and Pastor Barber came, uh, came over to me uh, after the service you want me to all right all right you know, Pastor Barber uh, leaned over to me and he said, uh, "said um, I feel like something's breaking through here and then we ought to go on for a few more nights. So happened my schedule was clear and I had a couple more sermons, so I was good to go, right? So uh, we went on for a couple of weeks, actually a week and a half after that, and lots of people came to the Lord and other pastors started coming in and for some reason they invited me to preach for them as well and for the next uh, Thirteen years I was preaching somewhere almost, not every night, but almost every night, certainly every week across the country in various parts. So God opened doors that I never expected him to open. My memory's going back to a time that I went to a a, a great city uh, and a great church, a well-known pastor. I have no idea why he called and asked me to come and, and preach for him. It certainly was not because it, I was well-known or, or, or a great preacher or anything like that. But God sovereignly opened that door. And um, surprise, surprises uh, of all surprises, uh, when I got to the airport, he came, the pastor. The big guy himself came to pick me up. And he took me to, to my room where I'd be staying that week. And I thought, I, I just can't believe it. I, I'm, I'm here actually in the car with this great man of God whom I'd heard of for so many years and held in such high admiration. And in the the, the conversation going back to the airport, he spoke words that absolutely broke my heart. Broke my heart. And he said, well, son, you know, give it your best shot. Do your best this week. But uh, I tell you, I'm an old man. I've seen it all. I've done it all. And nothing impresses me. Nothing stirs me, so good luck. How do you answer a statement like that? It, it, it literally just broke my heart inside me, and I didn't even know what to say, but I do remember the prayer that I prayed silently under my breath Oh God, please don't ever let me be like this man. Uh, seriously. I, 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 I continued the prayer. God, please don't ever let me take for granted the goodness of God, Amen. the blessings of God upon my life, and certainly the incredible privilege to be called to preach the gospel. I don't ever, ever want to take that for granted. And so God reminded me early, early this morning, he answered that prayer because at this point in my life, and I've been around for a little while and, 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 um, I remember Pastor Don Westbrook when he was a very, very young man. So you know we've been around for a while, right? And we were both young men. And, uh, but, but, but I can tell you that even today, even today, I'm excited about Jesus. I'm, I'm still so passionately in love with him. And I still consider it a tremendous privilege, a tremendous honor to open the word of God and to preach the gospel. And, uh, and I know that Pastor Don is, 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 is the same way. He has the same heart. We've been dear, dear friends, and he's been my, my, my best brother for so many, many years. And um, Pastor Don, God bless you, and, and thank you for your faithfulness and your, your diligence and your, your, your passion for God. I've said this in your absence, uh, and I say it in your presence. I, I, I do not know a servant of God in whom I have more confidence uh, or for whom I have more admiration and respect. Pastor Don, God bless you. Um, you're our hero. Amen? I, I mean that. You're, 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 you're our champion, our hero. We just, just absolutely love you, love you dearly. And I just want to call attention. I know this has already been presented, so I can't present it again. But I want to just call your attention uh, to those who may not know this. Uh, Pastor Don Westbrook was recognized this past week at the fellowship uh, conference. I, I still want to say the full gospel fellowship is now the fellowship the Fellowship network, uh, recognized not only for 54 years of faithful service to uh, Bethel Christian Center, but for 40 years on the executive board of the fellowship. Forty years. I mean... The last one to break that record was Moses himself, I think. <laughs> uh, but but he's, he's been a great blessing. He's so highly respected and just at, at, actually just revered and adored by the people of the fellowship. And, uh, and of course, we, we share uh, that same love with him as well. So I, uh, for the last couple of weeks, uh, since Pastor Larry asked me to to bring the message today, I've been, been thinking about a couple of things and, uh, and really spent a fair amount of time developing, particularly one thought. Um, and then, and then yesterday, in fact, late in the day, I just felt my attention drawn to, in a totally different direction. I'm not sure why that happens, but it often happens to me, and come to think of it, maybe it's because... Uh, God wants fresh bread to be served. And so uh, uh, I want to go to the book of Proverbs. And before I read the scripture, let let me say also, before I forget it, uh, under Pastor Don's leadership, so many great leaders have been raised up in this fellowship. I just am just so impressed and so thankful for the quality of leadership that there is in this house um, at every level, and the, 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 the music ministry and all the ministries of this church are just under such capable, capable leadership. And uh, Pastor Larry has just absolutely stepped up to the plate. And I've, I've, I've watched. I've always had great respect for Pastor Larry and loved it when he would speak. But have you noticed that week after week and month after month, he's just, just stepping into the gifts and callings that, that are upon his life. And I just I love it when he preaches and, and uh, breaks the bread of life and makes clean, plain to us the scripture. And I just, just want to say thank God for that. Okay, okay, now now. Yeah, give God praise. That's wonderful. Thank you. Quite often, I find myself talking with people who are very disappointed with the way life has turned out for them. And this has been particularly true since I've been working on the streets of various cities for the last 13 years. And I've come face to face with not hundreds, but thousands of people and heard their stories and and seen the various... uh, Uh, trials that they've gone through in their life and that many of them have expressed to me tremendous sorrow for things that have happened in their life. I've I've heard them say things like, this is not at all what I had in mind when I started my life or or, this is the farthest thing from my mind. I've never thought that I would wind up in this particular place. Uh, Have you ever felt a sense of sadness because dreams did not come true in your life. The things that you wanted and desired, maybe more than anything else, just did not come to pass. Now now here's the way it happens sometimes. You have legitimate dreams and, and desires and uh, you know what it would take to make you happy. At least you think you know. So you pray and you ask God to bring it to pass. And you do everything you know to bring that vision to pass and somehow try as you may. It just didn't work out. Life has uh, shot you some curveballs, and you swung, but you missed. And we've all had that, that experience in our life. And then if we're not careful, we feel not only disappointed, but, uh, but, but we, we can also feel uh, even, um, even resentful because things did not work out the way we had hoped they would in our lives. But then here's the way it happens in other cases. You know what you want from life, you know what it would make you make take to make you happy, uh, you pray for it, you work hard for it, you ask God to help you to get it or to achieve it or to do it, and then somehow you get it. It actually happens. Either either God helps you to get it, or, or you get it through hook or crook, or you, you, you might uh, manipulate things, or even people. You, you do whatever it takes to get what you want in life, and then, then you get it, and somehow it still doesn't satisfy. It, you're still not happy and fulfilled in your life. Have you lived long enough to want something very badly and then it did not happen in your life and you were greatly, greatly disappointed? How many of you have, have, have experienced that? Of course we have. But on the other hand, have you lived long enough to find that, that even getting what you want, even having your dreams fulfilled, doesn't always make you happy? It doesn't always bring fulfillment to your life. In fact, I'm thinking of a man who prayed earnestly. He prayed for, I wouldn't tell you, he prayed for a a relationship, but not just any relationship, a particular relationship with a particular person, and he prayed and prayed. He said he did, and he did everything he could to bring himself into that relationship, and he came to me three weeks later and said, Dear God, how in the world did you get me into this? I didn't get him into that. I just did the ceremony. I didn't get him into that. So so things sometimes don't turn out the way we'd like for them to turn out. And unfortunately, some of us repeat that cycle over and over and over in our lives. We want something. We try to get it. If we don't get it, we, we, we get disappointed. If we do get it, 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 we embrace it and enjoy it for a while, but then it's simply not satisfying. And some people live their whole lives in this cycle. And they never find true contentment. Cheryl and I were talking, uh, coming in today, about the the, the desperate search that people have to find fulfillment and and satisfaction in their lives. Uh, Mick Jacker sang a song, I Can't Get No. You're not old enough to remember that, right? I Can't Get No. Terrible singer. But he made a hit, right? I can't get no satisfaction. I try and I try and I try and I try, but I can't get no. I can't get no. Some of, some of y'all remember that. So he was interviewed. He was interviewed a, a, a couple of years ago. And, uh, and he said, Mick Jacker said to his interviewer, he said, The worst nightmare I have in my life is to, to, to come to this point of my life. He's, he's over 80 years old now. And to have people still talking about, I can't get no satisfaction. And, and, and the, 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 on the rare occasions that Mick Jagger appears, that's all people want to hear. And he never got satisfaction as far as I know. Never got no satisfaction because, and you and I both know, satisfaction only comes from one source. He's the one and he's the only one who can, true, who can bring real, true, and lasting satisfaction to our lives. Well, is there a key? Is there a key to contentment? Is there some secret key, maybe, maybe in the Bible somewhere, a key to find true and lasting satisfaction? Well, actually, that's where it is. And I could really preach the same sermon from any number of passages from the Bible, but th- this one sums it up as well as anyone that I know. It's in the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verse 5, verse, verses 5 and following. And here's, uh, there it is. Can you see it? Here's, here, in fact, In fact, read it aloud with me. This is from the New Living Translation. Trust in the Lord. Leave, read it aloud with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. That's a great, that's a powerful key, isn't it? So so here's what I want you to do. As we read it, I'm going to read it again and I want you to, I want you to help me find the verbs in the sentence. You good to go with that? What's a verb? It's an action. It's something you do, right? So so when you find a verb, I want you to shout out and say stop, okay? You ready? It's going to come quickly now. It's going to come pretty quickly. So I'm going to start reading from this verse. Trust. Hey, that was pretty good. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All with all your heart trust in the Lord with all your heart now wait a minute but if I'm to trust in anything or anybody with all of my heart I've got to know there are reasons to trust them sometimes I meet people on the street and say, and they say listen I want to tell you something will you trust me when I when I say this well I I don't know if I trust you or not right Somebody says, can you trust me? I, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't even know you. We, we'll, we'll find out later. You got it? Yeah. But, but trust in the Lord. We know him. And we have good reasons. We have wonderful, excellent reasons to trust in him. How many reasons can you count? We could be here all day just talking about reasons to trust yeah. in the Lord. Well, first of all, because he's conscious of everything that concerns us. He knows all about it. He knows things about you your spouse doesn't know. He knows things your best friend doesn't know. In fact, he knows things about you that you don't even know about yourself. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, he says that he knew you before you were even born. Job 23 says, He knows the way that you take. In Psalm 139, he says, he saw you when you were a tiny microscopic embryo inside your mother's body, He saw you. When you were being put together piece by piece in the darkness of the womb, God saw you and He knew you. And He said every day that it was ordained for you was written in His book before one of them came to pass. I'd say that's knowing you pretty well, right? God knows you. God knows you. In fact, He says He knows your needs even before You ask for anything. He knows all about you. He knows all about you. Not only does He know you, not only is He conscious of everything about you, but He is concerned about every aspect of your life. How much is God concerned? If it concerns you, it concerns Him. Right? He he cares more about you than we natural parents care about our own children. God says, like, like a father pities his child or has compassion on his child. Man, I'm telling you, if something happens to one, one of my children, it breaks my heart. I'll I tell you, I, 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 I'm just thinking back. You know, a few years ago when, when, when something happened, my, my, my son was, uh, was uh, experiencing severe pain in his feet. And I, I couldn't stop crying. I mean, he's a grown man. He can worry about himself. uh uh not to me. He's my boy, Right? Something happens to our children; it breaks our heart. Do you know that it breaks the heart of God to see you hurting? When you go through pain and suffering and and, and trouble in your life, it touches the heart of God. God cares about you. I would, would you turn and look at somebody and say, "God cares about you"? Right? Come on, God cares about you. First uh, Peter. Uh, 5 7 says, Cast all your cares upon him. What is a care? It's a worry. It's an anxiety. It's a, it's a fear. It's, a, it's, it's something that troubles you. Yes. Cast all of your care upon him. Why do we do that? Because, say it with me, he, he cares. cares for you. What concerns you concerns him. But not only that, uh, he's consistent. He's consistent. He's not like a lot of people. I, I know people. I, I, I have friends. I know I have people I love, and you don't know who you're going to see from one day to the next. You know, people like that, they're wishy-washy, and they're, they're, they're changeable. They're, they're very variable. God doesn't change, right? God does not change. All over the world and various places, even in various continents, I've, I've, I've preached to, to, to crowds large and small and I would say something like this God is good and invariably they would say back oh, see, see, that's a mantra around the world on every continent God is good oh, God. and then I would say all the time and they would say God is good, God is good right, God is good and not only is God good he's good, say it all the time all the time. He doesn't change. He does not change. He's faithful. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. God is a faithful. So, so even in, when we are unfaithful to God, God is faithful yeah. to us yeah. and the covenant that he's made with us. But not only is he consistent, he's capable. He's capable. I mean, people, people who love you do what they can, but there's some things that they can't do. But there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Right? Jeremiah 22, uh, 32, uh, 17 says, there is nothing too hard for the Lord. A couple of chapters later, he says, God, God, you made the, the heavens and the earth by your power and your great outstretched arm. And there is nothing too hard for you. There's no such word as impossible because the things that are impossible with God with man are possible with God I, I, I've got to move on let me get back to the text because we've got a ways to go and I'm going I'm to preach short I promised today I, maybe I didn't promise it thank God I didn't promise that right go back to the text go back to the text let's read it let's read it aloud together I, I'll read it and, and you, you stop me when I get to a verb okay you ready Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't depend... There you go. And don't depend on your own understanding. Don't depend on your own understanding. Why? Because our wisdom is so finite and our thinking is so flawed that we tend sometimes to think we're smarter than we really are. Now, 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 sometimes, you lose a little bit of that with time and age. You know what I'm talking about, you know, we, we, we man, we, we think when we're young, we, we just know it all. We just know, man, I'd just, just be amazed, the world would be amazed at, if they knew how smart I really was. <laughs> I, I know, I, I know, I can tell your your innocent look, you, you didn't feel that way. What? Some of us did, right? But then, as time goes on, it's not that you know less. It's that you it's 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 that you begin to see how little you really know in comparison to what there is to know. Somebody said, "You can always tell a fool, but you can't tell him much." <laughs> Why can't you tell him much? Because he already knows everything. He does, not that he knows everything, but he, he, he thinks he knows. You know the story. That's not, not the sermon. But, but here's, here it is. Trust in the Lord of, with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. It's, it's faulty. It's deficient. It's far short of what it needs to be. Don't lean on your own understanding. There was a king in the Bible who is known for his wisdom? everybody here knows who that man was of course I mean people came from miles around, not just to see his palatial dwelling place and his uh, his uh, his horses and chariots and gold and silver and the opulent lifestyle that he led no they came from miles around from other countries just to sit and listen to the words he spoke amazing how in the world did Solomon get this smart where did he get all this wisdom the, the, well, well, there was a time. There was a, a time. It's in it's, it's in First King. I'm not going to turn to it, but it, it, in First Kings chapter three, uh, Solomon was just just worshiping God and thanking God for for His blessings on the kingdom of His father David, right? And and His faithfulness to David and His household, the wonderful things that God has done uh, through the life of His father. And he's thanking God for that. And he worshipped God. He worshipped God. And the Bible says that God came to him and said something that God has never said to me. Ask anything you want to. And I will give it to you. Now, Frankly, there's probably a good reason why God has never asked me that question or never made that offer to me. Because he knows I'd, I'd ask for something stupid. I would ask for something that I thought I needed. But I really didn't. I would ask for something I thought would make me happy or bring fulfillment to my life, but it really wouldn't. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not just talking to me now. If it applies to somebody else, that's fine. That's fine. God has just never asked me that. made that offer to me, but he made that offer uh, to Solomon. <laughs> this blows me away. What did Solomon say? Solomon said, God, I feel like a little child. Can I paraphrase that? I feel so stupid. You ever feel that way? God, I feel feel like a little child. I don't know how to make the decisions that I've been called upon to make. This is the greatest people on the earth and you've asked me. I have been called and I've been anointed To lead this great people, and I feel like a little child. I don't know. I don't know how to do this. God, give me a discerning heart. God give me wisdom. I'm lacking in wisdom. God give me the wisdom that I need. To do the job that you've called me to do. Now, now, do you need Solomon's wisdom? No. You need the wisdom to do what God has called you to do. And God will give you. God will give you an ample supply of wisdom to do whatever he has called you to do. I remember the time as a kid in a storefront church hearing a man say um, that, that, that God had called him to preach and he knew for sure that, that he could not do it. And I took courage from that and I, I answered the call that, that day or that night on Ashborough Street in Greensboro, North. I never forget, never forget the moment. And I said, God, I, I, I'll do what you call me to do. Uh, No, here's what I said. God, I would do the call, what you've called me to do, but you know I can't. Here's the words I heard. I didn't call you because you could. I called you because I knew you would. And my heart said, God, if if you put that much confidence in me, I'll do anything you tell me to do. And I... There were plenty of things I I didn't do. I I, I was so shy, I couldn't have stood up before two people, much less dozens or hundreds of thousands. If God calls you to do it, he'll give you what it takes to do it. It's not by power. It's not by might. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. 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 So, of all the gifts of God, of all the gifts of God, perhaps this is the greatest of all that God will give you God will give you wisdom. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure if anybody has quote, "the gift of wisdom in terms of of a gift that resides permanently and perpetually in them, but I think the gift the gift of wisdom. Or the word of wisdom. Really, it's not the gift of wisdom. It's the gift of the word of wisdom. Nobody has all wisdom. But I don't care where you are and what circumstance you're facing. God will give you the word of wisdom that you need for that particular time. He'll give it to you. And in fact, in 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 the New Testament, James uh, James one five says, "If you lack wisdom, help me. If if you if you lack wisdom, ask for it. Ask for it. And and uh, the 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 first sign that wisdom is coming is when you understand that you don't have enough wisdom. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean. Am I smart enough to know I'm not smart enough? Do I know enough to know I don't know enough? Uh, Do I have enough wisdom to acknowledge that I don't have enough wisdom? I need wisdom from God. And, And let me read the rest of the verse. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God for it. And he gives to all liberally without reproach. Or without shaming us for asking. There's another, maybe it's in the message. Another, there's a paraphrase that says, I love this. If you if you if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him, he'll be glad to tell you. <laughs> right? And he will not reproach you or 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 or, offend or rebuke you for for asking. So so do you want to get out of the cycle of wanting? and not getting and being fretful and frustrated, or either wanting and by some measure getting and still finding that you're just as empty and frustrated as you were before. Here's the key. Let's go back to the text. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding seek you missed the cue let me try it again and do not lean on your own catch me when I get to the verb and do not lean on your own understanding seek there we go seek his will say it with me seek his will seek his will in all you do does he really mean that we, we want to seek his will and do his will literally in everything we do? Yeah. I mean, wait a minute. Surely, surely. There's are some areas of my life in which God is indifferent. He doesn't care. No, no. Seek his will. In all you do. Amen. Seek his will in all you do. The problem is, how do I know what his will is? First of all, do his written will. Right? Do his ri- how, how, where do we find the written will of God? How, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Uh, I heard some time ago that, uh, that Mark Twain said, uh, is not the part of the Bible I read and don't understand that bothers me. It's the part I read and do fully understand that bothers me. Right? <laughs> is not, not so much what we don't know that hurts us, it's what we do know and don't do. Ouch. Seek God, seek His will in everything, and it starts with doing His written will. What we read in the scripture, do that. Do that before we move on to something else i'm i'm not sure how much how much of his hidden will he's going to reveal to us if we're not passionately seeking to do his revealed will right right, did i say that right you got that not sure If God's going to give us a lot of deep revelations about the secret will, his hidden will, if we're not even doing the revealed will of God, read it. Joshua said, "Let let these words, this book of the law be in your heart. Meditate in it day and night. And observe to know and do. Just two things. What are they? Know and do. Know it and do it. Know it and do it. And, and and then and then seek His will through the Scripture. Now there are many things that are not spelled out in Scripture. I get that uh, that God doesn't speak to every. Um, to every detail. Uh, not every sin is cataloged in scripture. I mean, the, 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 we, we've thought up some sins of our own since the scripture has been written. There, there are thousands. There are probably millions of sins that have been committed. No. There are some things that are not explicitly spelled out in the Bible. But you know what God implies, right? Uh, sometimes uh, you, you may be surprised. Some questions that I've had asking me on the street, like uh, you know, one of, the, one of the number one answer: Where does it say in the Bible it's a sin to send a smoke pot? Uh, you got me on that. No, no, no. Doesn't say anything about pot in the Bible. You know that, right? But it's but it does say to be sober and clear minded. And keep your heart wide open to what God wants you to do. I'm just saying, and I don't know what your pet's in is, but but I'm telling you, do the written will of God and then do the implied will of God. And then, and then, and then God speaks to us in so many, many other ways. Uh, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Every word that God speaks or every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Does that mean every word in the Bible? Yes, but but does it only mean every word in the Bible? Uh, I don't think so. I think it... I think it means that God speaks in many ways and in all the various ways God speaks. We need to listen. We need to listen. He speaks through the creation. Did you know this? Every time the sun rises in the morning, that's God speaking. When the tide rushes in. To the shore, that's God speaking. When the birds sing, that's God speaking. The heavens declare the glory of God. The earth shows forth his handiwork. Day after day, they utter speech. And night after night, they utter knowledge. There is no language under the heavens in which their voice cannot be heard. God speaks, y'all. God speaks. And, and, And then God speaks. God speaks through those that he has sent into our lives. God has put certain people in my life, and in fact, I could probably count them on. Many people have spoken into my life, but I can probably count on the on the fingers of one hand people who have made a powerful, dynamic impact upon my life. And when those people speak to me, now, unfortunately, well. Fortunately for them, unfortunately for me, some of them have already gone to heaven. But I'm telling you, when a servant of God that God has sent into my life speaks, I listen. Do you? Think about it. God puts people... How many... I'm just curious. How many believe that God has sent certain people in your life, I I mean significant people into your life, God put them there. And when they speak you listen, right? I know that. I know that. And it's appropriate that you do that. None of them is God and none of them is infallible, but when a servant of God speaks, you listen, right? And then third, he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. We can be be very subjective uh, about what God is saying to us, but, but when God speaks to us, we weigh it out. We ponder these things. I don't know anybody who gets it right all the time. I, I, I don't know of anybody who reaches the point of spiritual uh, maturity and, and, uh, and sensitivity uh, that they never get it wrong. I don't know. I think we can always get it wrong. But I can tell you this. The longer you practice this, the longer you continue Just trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not leaning on your own understanding. Seeking his will in everything you do. I found from experience, and I think you will find from experience, you'll be be wrong less and less as time goes by. Some people's. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty auditory person. I can I can forget your face, but I remember your voice. It's, I know it's, it's weird like that. So I pick up voices. I pick up voices. Somebody calls me on the phone. Usually a syllable or two. Uh, I, I have a pretty good guess who it is. Now now Cheryl has a, has a daughter, and she has a sister, and their voices. Everybody says their voices sound exactly alike, but not to me. If the phone rings, I only hear I don't even need, what do you call it, caller ID. If the phone rings and I hear one word, I know it's Cheryl. How do I know that? Because I'm familiar. I'm familiar with her voice. I hear her voice a lot, all right? Day after day after day, every day, every day, year after year, I hear her voice a lot. And by now, I think I'm pretty familiar with that voice, right? Y'all feel the same way? So if you're walking with God, now, if you, we only talk to God every six months, it's different. <laughs> oh, or if God ever only talks to us once every few years, it's different. No, but if you talk to God every day. Walk in fellowship with him every day. Not just, not just every day, but every hour of the, every day and every moment. I'm not talking about we- being weird and spooky. Of course, you do other things as well, but continually you're walking. You're walking Hallelujah. in fellowship, in communion, communion with him. And he, let me, let me finish the verse. He will. He will. Trust on the Lord with all your heart. And don't depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you. There it is. He will show you the path that you ought to take. Amen. Folks, without His guidance, without the guidance of the Word of God, and the help of the Holy Spirit, and and the people that God has put into our lives, we would be lost. Right? We would be aimless and without direction in our lives. But God is faithful. God is faithful. God will show you. God will show you what path. You're to take, and somebody right here today is is grappling with a decision, maybe even a quandary, maybe even a, a, a desperate situation that you don't know how to handle. Somebody here today is grappling with that. You're struggling with that. Good news. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Seek his will. And everything you do, he'll show you. Everybody say that. He will show you. He will show you. He will show you, will show you the path that you're to take. Let's just stand together and uh, I want to just, to, just to pray. Lord Jesus, we truly want to live a contented life. Uh, not a complacent life, not, a, not an apathetic life, but, 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 but a life that, that finds its contentment in you, Lord. Hallelujah. Really, Lord, there's nothing in this world I think I speak for almost every one of us here today. Probably everyone in this, in this building today. There's, there's no one or nothing in this world. That can, that can bring a full measure of contentment. And satisfaction in our lives. But Lord. You're able to make our lives rich and full. And satisfying. Beyond all that we can possibly imagine. You've promised us an abundant life, an overflowing life, life plus life, life on top of life, life to the full, and that life, Lord, is in you. And I I pray, Lord, that you'll teach us, teach us, Lord, the folly of looking anywhere else to find the life that only you can give, the joy and the peace and the satisfaction and the, the true contentment. Even even we, Lord, who, who are born of God and know God and passionately love God, even we sometimes look to other things, other people, other verities in life to bring satisfaction and security to us. But Lord... They all leave us flat. Only, only you, Lord. Only you, God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Teach me, Lord, the, the value of seeking your will in, in all that I do. This is my desire above everything else. Pr- just pray this prayer with me. Just say it aloud together. Lord, above everything else, I want to seek your will. And then knowing your will, I want to do your will. Uh, if this is your prayer, today, just just come forward and, and just continue this prayer with me in a song that, that, that came to my heart.